I'm Sean McCormick, and this is Optimal Performance. COVID did something to the psyche, both positive and negative, right? People kind of saw the matrix and everything for what it was and were like, I can't do this anymore. Making money isn't enough anymore. The material plane has lost its luster. Um, keeping up with the Joneses is ridiculous. If we just end up like our parents working 60 hours a week and there's this desire to know the human spirit, to know that we're more... The hippie movement was actually based in pushing back on big pharma and big pharmaceutical companies were actually bringing in herbalists and then they were disappearing. Those two voices that you just heard are Megan and Nicole Michelina, and they are coaches with various disciplines in herbalism, in personal development, and plant medicines, in addition to the hosts of the Zenchronicity podcast. Zenchronicity is the intuitive, simultaneous occurrence of related events without causal connection. And these two ladies are innovators, they are line steppers, they are boundary pushers of the highest order. With various backgrounds between the two of these sisters who have a very interesting origin story, we explore a couple of really key important ideas for this modern world, which include masculine and feminine roles in current society, the ability to think for yourselves and have autonomy and sovereignty over your body while the mainstream narrative pushes further and further into your business, and we talk about the power of personal routines and personal ceremony. This is a really interesting podcast. Usually I don't do two guests at a time, but they are a force together, and I think you are, if you are still listening after the last three years of mayhem and wildness, well, Thank you for being here. You're going to be rewarded by a really interesting conversation with some innovative thinkers in the space. As always, you can find me on Instagram at McCormick. You can go to seanmccormick.com to get archives for episodes, discounts on biohacking gear. And if you want to follow up with them, go to zenchronicity222.com. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Megan and Nicole Michelino. And I'm here with Megan and Nicole Michelina, founders of Zenchronicity. Megan, Nicole, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're so excited to be here. Thanks, Sean. Well, I, I want to start by, you know, some congratulations because you, your service, your your mission, your purpose is growing so quickly, and you know, humanity is ready to revisit this and enhance this incredible tool that we have of entheogens or psychedelics to help us grow. And I, I'm just kind of curious because you shared with me some some big news that some some pretty large publications may be on the table for you to to continue to promote what you do. Why do you think now is such such a popular why why is it popularizing now? What is the reason? What is the wave that's building behind you and myself and, and people in the psychedelic space? Like what why now? It's a great question. Um I think that there's several reasons why, but the main one is I think COVID did something to the psyche and both positive and negative, right? People kind of saw the matrix and everything for what it was and were like, I can't do this anymore. And then some people just completely collapsed into mental health issues. And either way, right, people are searching. They're like, there has to be more than just this. And the consciousness is growing. And there's this vibration of what's next, because if we just end up like our parents working 60 hours a week, uh, why are we here? And there's this why, and there's this searching, and there's this desire to know the human spirit, to know that we're more 
than just, you know, as I say, these blood bags, like walking around. Um, I know it's a really like jarring thing <laughs> to say, but it's so true. You know, it's connecting into the mass consciousness and all of these Eastern, you know, Eastern philosophy has talked about this and Carl Jung for thousands of years. And it's like this resurgence, right, of that search for what the human soul is and why we are here because just working for the man and making money isn't enough anymore. The material plane has lost its luster. Um, keeping up with the Joneses is ridiculous. And, you know, how do we, because you're also saying the suicide rate and everything and for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Right. And that's the people searching, uh, I guess is the main word that I would use. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, I would agree with you in like that regard. I'd also agree with, you know, I think a lot, especially like the millennial generation, you know, we were very labeled with like ADHD. It was the rise of the pharmaceuticals with like Ritalin and like control of children with pharmaceuticals. And we're now, you know, I, we're both millennials, you know, I'm in my mid thirties and no, my parents did not put me on those drugs, but the repercussions is what we're seeing now. And we're seeing the mental illness in that, those repercussions because as children, you were put in a box, told to get on the assembly line, told to do this, labeled with all of these <clears throat> quote unquote Western, you know, ADHD or hypertension or whatever it is that they labeled you with. You're labeled from the moment you come out of the womb. You know, you get a number, you get a name, you get a religion, you get a sex, you get this, you get that. And now it's like, we're we're looking at this in a totally different realm of like whoa 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 this is all control and this is not what i agree or align with anymore and mm -hmm. i think that this movement is needed because it's the it's expansion of mass consciousness mm -hmm. and you know it's really covid was a great example of breaking the matrix you know we both lost our jobs I was in a very much controlled job. I, you know, I had my set hours. I had my set clients. This is what I was supposed to do. And when I lost everything, I realized like, wow, I have like choice in the system. I have choice what, how I'm going to be in this game of life. And psychedelics, I think are just going to amplify that even more and push what COVID broke open mm -hmm. and just, I mean, it's going to be like almost an atomic bomb of consciousness rising because people are realizing they have choice and mm. that is epic. It's yeah. so it's, it's astounding what's going to come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. It, 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 it's a pushing back on the sort of traditional values and traditional culture that we've been force fed. And I, I think you're totally right. And it's interesting me that to me, the timing as, you know, stronger and stronger AI tools emerge, stronger and stronger technology, more and more immersive TikTok videos of nurses dancing that just steal your attention. It's it's uh it's a it's a it's a shallow and pop culture bonanza and and it doesn't quite feel right, does it? It doesn't it doesn't quite feel meaningful or purposeful or deep enough and 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 I, it, what i've become increasingly aware of is that especially for you know people in the western world is we don't have rites of passage anymore we don't we don't have 
coming of age experiences, right? Like we don't have walkabouts. We don't have tribal rites of passage. We don't have these, these experiences that push us into the next chapter in our lives. And, you know, the fact that you, that the, the, the both of you chuckled and, and, and started shaking your heads shows <laughs> yeah. that you agree with me. Maybe, maybe riff on, on that idea, this, this idea of this, the rite of passage. I mean, it's, it's so important. It's uh, we're really focusing on the divine masculine and how much it has been labeled as toxic in our society and the whole the future is female and all of the toxic feminist bullshit that's out there pisses me off uh quite frankly like the future is nothing without strong masculine men and i am here well we both are here for the rise of the divine masculine because no society survives without it And even in sociology, when I was in college, talked about if you take masculine out of the household, then kids search for it in the streets. If you take it out of society, then the government becomes the masculine. You cannot destroy the masculine. It just it just shifts forms. Right. And when you don't have the masculine, then the government becomes the masculine. And then that's when you get communism, because there is no strong masculine to protect their families, to love their families. And this entire social movement that is completely bullshit, excuse my language, but it really upsets my heart because I have, I was actually in a um, macrodose ceremony the other weekend with like NFL football players and these grown ass men, I was, I, I looked at them and I said, why is the masculine so afraid of itself? When are you all going to step in you have platforms what are you what are you doing Hmm. and they're just like what and then two of them actually started crying grown men and they were like oh my gosh i'm afraid of my own masculine because of society because i want people to like me and i said it doesn't matter if people like you if you aren't being true to yourself and your heart's not in something and you don't stand up and you watch society fall where are the rest of us going to be? We need you. Hi, the divine feminine, like, please step in. We're over here, like drowning. And we're watching children, you know, being mutilated by doctors or being sterilized. And all of this stuff is happening and nobody's doing anything. Mm. And that's that, you know, so I say like what you coming back to what you said is those ceremonies of stepping into masculine, going on the vision quest, you know, Native Americans have this, tribes have this, the coming of age is huge for men to transition from boys into men. And actually, psychologically, um, you know, we've studied this a lot. The umbilical cord needs to be cut at 10 mothers. You know, they need to be able to step into that masculine and be taught how to protect, how to love women, how, you know, to compete and have, you know, be okay with having competitive energy and conquering energy and, being aggressive and having those spaces to have these things because Mm. it's okay to be a man. And we have taught that that is not okay. And there's a time and a place for it, but that's part of becoming a man is understanding boundaries and what's okay and what's not okay. But it's wild to me that we've taken ceremony and these things out of society and look at what's happened, but we've also taken them out of you know, mushrooms and I mean, people abuse everything because there's just not societal boundaries. 
And part of that goes back to things not having places and mm. things not having tradition. And there's a really good book called um, The King. Yeah, I was going to talk about it. Go ahead. Yeah. So there's a, there's actually a super, a book that I just recently picked up. It It's really funny because there's like a story with this book. Like Megan picked it up in Miami like three years ago. Yeah. And then someone, um, someone I follow on Instagram, he posted about it. And then it like, it kept coming up and I picked it up the other day and it's called King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, Rediscovering the Archetypes of Mature Masculine. Mm -hmm. And in the first chapter, they talk about the two reasons why masculine is now immature in society. One, the feminist movement and the fact that feminism has become toxic. We have removed masculine out of homes. We have destroyed them in the workplace that if they make any compliment or kind, we completely obliterate them as sexual harassment or sexualized um, in that realm of it. And then <clears throat> the patriarchy, that there's no longer, patriarchy no longer sits next to the matriarchy, which means the masculine has fallen out of the homes and that the patriarchy has now become the only dominating energy within our society, but it's so heavily dominated that the the matriarchy has fallen mm. and it's it was it's very fascinating because they start to also talk about we have completely let little boys be raised as little girls we ask them about their feelings we cherish them we don't make them figure things out we don't make them do their laundry we don't give them discipline because we're worried about their feelings and the thing is is that Men, when they're raised with those boundaries of, okay, I understand your feelings have a place. They're absolutely important, but they're not the only thing. Now, when you're raising girls, it's a totally different situation, but boys specifically, you have to be very, very precise. And that's how, if you study any tribes, they talk about the rite of passage, Fisher King Wu. King, you know, this book, it's through every energy. Every man should embody all four of these energies by the time they become a man, by the time they are ready to be with a woman to provide, to create, and to, you know, protect. continue life. Yeah, with a partner and to protect and provide. It's so important. And yet you look out and you go out into society, men look like women. Mm -hmm. They have bigger boobs than I do. That's not hard. But it, it's a thing. I'm like, you have more estrogen in your body than I do. Where are, you're no longer challenged. You're not chasing. You're in toxic masculinity because feminine, female has let you do that. Mm. Like we no longer put a challenge on men. We just sit here and we're like, oh yeah, it's fine. You bought me dinner. Fine. I'll, you know, hook up culture. Uh, whatever fill in the blank you know it's it's this there's no no mm -hmm. and it's so important for men to hear no because in their head it's challenge immediately how do I get her to say yes what is it that I now have to accomplish you know what they do now you say no they tell you you're a bitch and they go to the next one that's gonna say yes because they're weak men are weak now in our culture because we have lost the traditions of manhood Mm, we are going deep and we are going hard. <laughs> I love it. This week's episode is brought to you by BioPro Plus. I cannot 
tell you how much this product has changed my life and so many of the lives of my clients and you listeners. It's also saved my butt during 75 hard these last three weeks. BioPro Plus is the faster, easier, and safer non-synthetic alternative to painful, expensive, and invasive anti-aging and hormone treatments. Before you do TRT, before you start taking a bunch of herbs that may not make you feel the way that you want to feel, you should try this. You can go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. You know, you know that a sponsor is a hit when people who have purchased it reach out to me and say, holy cow, Sean, I tried this and it's amazing. It's blowing my mind. It makes me better at everything that I do. I love having sponsors like this that really make a difference in people's lives. And this product is, it's absolutely incredible. It's growth factors and amino acids that will help you improve your hormones, become better at everything that you want to do. So go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. What a provocative idea, especially to come from women. And, and it is, it's, it's, it's no surprise how much attention that you are getting because this, these ideas which are fundamental to our evolution as a species are now taboo. We can't talk about it. You know, you know I, I have a boy and a girl of uh, a nine-year-old boy and a six-year-old girl. And so this is this, this, these ideas about how I'm raising my children are, are permeating every conversation. Every time I take them to jujitsu, every time, you know, we learn new skills every time we sit down to record our podcast together. That's 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 soon to come. It, this these these sort of uh, traditional values, these sort of fundamental values that that are critical for society to to keep it on track mm-hmm. are now not okay to talk about, and we have to talk about it. We have to present these ideas and allow them to be challenged, allow them to be pushed back upon because that's, that's how free speech works is the, that the best ideas rise to the top, that the ideas that resonate the most that then get adopted and have to be challenged. And so maybe let's then let's look at, there's so many different ways we can go with that start. (laughs) Wowzers. (laughs) Well, can maybe connect the dots then for me, because we started by talking about rites of passage. Um, connect the dots between honoring divine masculine and divine feminine mm-hmm. and the work with um, entheogens and or ceremonies. How, how, do the, how, does that, how does that work? So the universe is divine masculine and divine feminine energies. If you study quantum physics, quantum mechanics, whatever you want to call it, 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 one energy cannot exist without the other. So one of the things we also say is the future is um, androgynous embodiment. And that means this. Women are born with female bodies, but we anchor our femininity in our enema, which is masculine soul. Men are born with masculine bodies, but they anchor their masculinity in their in a must, which is the feminine soul. So it is a really interesting thing, right? That there's been this thing of like, well, you're either masculine or feminine. No, divine masculine and divine feminine 
is the embodiment of both. And then bringing forth your core energy into a relationship so that there's feminine and masculine in a relationship and not two masculine energies or two feminine energies because those are friendships. You have to have polarization in order to make the universe work or for there to be any desire to produce anything, have babies, you know, any, but these energies exist through everything. And that's how, you know, people talk about manifesting and this and that or ceremony, right? You have the person holding the ceremony, holding the grid, which is masculine energy ground. And then people are able to take mushrooms or ayahuasca, whatever they're doing, right? And be able to enter into the chaos that is creation that is the feminine, but it's bringing forth the soul and what needs to be seen, heard, felt, whatever. So the future and, and ceremony and everything is respecting and loving yourself and then having and making space for other people, but also realizing that everything has a consciousness and moving forward through the world in a respectful and graceful way versus hedonism, right? Which is just comes from the word hell, which you're just, it's an addictive, hateful energy um, that, that most of us have been in because we thought that that was normal. Um, you know, it, it's hedonistic when you're in addiction or you're sleeping around, you're in negative chaos energy and not creative chaos energy uh, where you're creating turmoil and trauma versus love and light. It's, it's a, and we're, we're seeing our culture in, in, in very hedonistic tendencies right now because it doesn't have the stoic ceremony of, you know, the divine masculine, the, the divine feminine as embodied beings coming forward into conscious relationships with one another and with the earth, with, with everything around us, right? Because if you're stoic and you're, you know, you're acting instead of reacting to the environment, because most of us are like, I need to, you know, I need to drink. Like, no, you don't. If you need something, you're in hedonism, right? But if you want something or you're searching for deeper meaning in something, which is usually not alcohol involved, but, um, you know, there's ceremony and there's respect and there's love in that frequency, but you have to know it in yourself first mm. to be able to bring it forth into the universe or into the consciousness, if that makes sense. Well, and I think ceremony, you know, the whole, the whole understanding to ceremony is everyday life too. Like, do you have ritual? Do you have practice? Do you have discipline? Like, where are you in your life? Because I think even the break in the family, who sits down and has dinner with mom and dad and the children anymore? That's a ceremony. That's a family gathering of ceremonial, like, hey, what happened? Let's talk about this. That doesn't happen anymore. It's let's go to McDonald's. Let's throw food at ourselves. It's not healthy. We don't have any routine and we hope we're in bed by 10 because we have a ton of homework because teachers don't teach anymore. You know, that's a totally different thing. We can go down that, but there's no ceremony in even anybody's life. And, mm -hmm. you know, I look at it, you can call it ceremony. You can call it ritual. You can call it routine, whatever it is. But if you look at all of these cultures and you look at like the rite of passage in men and it was, they went on vision quest, but that's, that's something that they prep for every day until they went on that big, big ceremony. They did small little steps. 
And it's so important because when you're looking at it of like balancing the masculine and feminine, it is a ceremony. It's an everyday process of, am I too in my masculine? Am I too in my feminine? Like, where is my energy? What is happening? Am I, am I burnt out? Cause I'm overworked. That's so much masculine energy. And you're all in, in your, if you're always in that, there's, you have no ceremony in your life. You have no ritual. You aren't enjoying life for what it really is. And so when we take ceremony out of everything, we get where we currently are in mm. society, which is absolute madness, chaos, just everything is out of control, out of place. But that's what happens. Even if you think about your own life, if you don't have routine, how much chaos is created? Right. Yeah, that's a really great point. And and without without those anchoring practices, we lose track of what's important. We lose tra- we lose focus on what we're here to do. We lose connection with ourselves and um, you know, understanding about who we are and what what we're what's important to us and what our values are. Well, maybe let's make this a little bit practical. And we're going to go lots of different directions, but let's make it practical practical for people. What are some things that folks can do you know, you talk about routine and, and, and ceremony. And, uh, so maybe what are some things, some simple, simple things that people can do in their daily life that can reintroduce some ceremony in a really simple way? Um, I think it's very simple. Like look at your daily life, look at what you're currently doing and what doesn't, what's not working. And everybody is different. Um, some people like to stay up late and get up late there, you know, it's everybody's different, but I think the first thing is, is have a morning based grounding ceremony, something ritual, whether it's get up and you have a cup of coffee and you sit in stillness for 15 minutes, or you have a yoga practice that you do. Um, you know, Megan and I have very different sleep schedules. She gets up a little bit later than me, but Megan has a morning ritual of, she has about an hour before she even looks at her phone. And she can talk more about that of like, she'll drink her coffee and everything. And I will drink my coffee and I do like a 15 minutes of stillness and I might read a little bit. And then if it is the morning that I do yoga, I'll do yoga. Um, I think so much of it is just finding stillness and however that looks for people, because Hmm. stillness is connecting with mind and body and some people call it meditation some people call it prayer some people call it whatever it's just connecting of like here I am now right now and before you have to even think about the rest of your day and you have that still moment in time that is just yours Hmm. yeah I mean I think it's just I mean, a really good way to know, um, you know, whether you have a lot of self-love and our self-love directly is related to how much we're able to love other people and hold space for other people is how much we really honor that in ourselves. And that all comes down to the contracts and the commitments that we make with ourselves and honoring those and keeping those. So it's, you know, it's saying I'm going to work out three times a week in making that a ritual or a ceremony in our lives of self-love and making sure that if you need time, right, letting your partner know or the people around you, you know, I need this, I want this, I'm desiring this. Uh, And it comes back to just communicating things 
because people don't do that enough. They don't check in with each other enough. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to find stillness because I know when people have kids and stuff, it can just really get a lot. And it's just being present. Like instead of having your mind in like 50 different places, a lot of ceremony and ritual is just being present. So it's like, if you're washing the dishes, be here in that moment. Don't have you know, your mind off of like what you're doing in five minutes or what's happening later, or, you know, it's, it's just really being present in the moment and allowing for, you know, that, that to take root and take hold of, you know, dropping into your heart, having that moment of, um, you know, reconnecting to self. So, Mm. yeah. Yeah, I, I I think you're right. I think I think we all could use a little bit more stillness and making that a priority because I think what happens really quickly is people notice just how fried they are. You know how yeah. they start their day, they get up to their phone alarm going off. They're on their phone from the moment they wake up to the moment that they go to sleep. I mean, some of the numbers of phone usage. You know, like oh shit, I was on my phone for nine hours today. You know, so many people are doing that. One thing that I have suggested to my coaching clients is, is like light a candle, like just the fact, just, just having fire, like lighting a fire, having a candle burning immediately slows your routine, slows things down. It's, it's a very small, simple little thing, but find a, you know, pay 50 bucks for a really good beeswax candle pick a color, you know, green for abundance or white for clarity and light that and just sit and just chill. There's practices you can do by candle gazing and doing that sort of stuff. But just that, that little thing, I think makes such a huge difference for people. And if you do it frequently, you notice that the distractions that are always pulling you away, you know, for guys, it's, you know, a lot, porn is a huge, huge, huge deal for people. I mean, it, it's, it is a, a killer for so many so many men. And if you're chasing that dragon, tra- chasing that dopamine, slide a candle, chill the fuck out, sit down for a second, just relax. And, and you'll, you'll find that you're a little bit more calm. You're a little bit more focused. You're a little bit, you know, more at ease. Um, in, in your experience working with people with, with different, maybe, maybe walk us through. So in addition to mushrooms, um, what other what other substances do you have experience uh, working with people? Uh, are you familiar with rape or hape is what Americans call it? Um, yeah, we work with that. We've worked with that. Uh, I say, I said it like that because in some ways it can be more intense than mushrooms. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've seen some crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, and that was actually our introduction into plant medicine other than marijuana was uh, uh, a sound bath ceremony with rape. Uh, we are we are going to start doing ayahuasca ceremonies. Um, not, we are not hosting. We are, we are hosting. Yeah. We are <laughs> holding the retreats, yeah. but we have South American shamans that I don't mess with that. That's a whole different ballgame. Um, but we work with, you know, and, and you some maybe, of them are not can like, I- can I pause you there? Can you maybe explain to folks? Uh, I've I've done a podcast where we broke down a whole bunch of different entheogens and and compounds from combo to kratom, but and we touched on rape. But but can you can you maybe explain what that is and, and what its uses are? Yes. Yeah. So uh, rape is 
essentially shamanic snuff. You'll know you're at a good ayahuasca ceremony when they do rape before, because it clears the auric field. And it's a mix of different kinds of herbs because there's a lot of different types of rape uh, and it also is regional, but it goes clear back into, they trace it back to Incan culture, uh, but it's nicotine based, right? So it's tobacco leaves that have been ground up and you blow it up the left nostril first because it's death and then the right is rebirth and it goes down through your auric field and basically purges any kind of negative energy out of your chakras. And uh, it's, it's not more intense than ayahuasca, but it is far more the like most intense 20 minutes of my life was the first time I did it. Also, I did like a hero's dose because the shaman, I was very arrogant. I was like, I'm a yoga teacher I'm fine. And he's like, oh, you really want to get your like, you know, shit rocked essentially. And I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. Oh yeah. Okay. Don't, don't do a lot of it. At first, at first, <laughs> I had like a whole like trauma purge um, in like 20 minutes. It was Whoa. wild, but it changed my life forever. Uh, I, you know, when you're when you get rocked by something like that and you start throwing up, uh, which is not well, most people don't have that reaction to rape. It's usually a very like happy one, but I've seen a few people have harsh responses. Uh, it. But it's a shamanic snuff. So they you do it before mushroom ceremonies and things like that, or at least we do, because it just clears the field so that you're having a pure experience and it's not like, you know, the cords from five different people who you just saw at the gas station. Uh, so it's just a purifying plant um, or snuff that allows for your field to be very clear. And if you're wanting to like step into plant medicine, but you don't want to do like a full psychedelic, I would actually recommend like rape and just doing a small amount. Uh, Cause it's a really good introduction of even just feeling your chakras. For me, the first time I did it, you know, I knew what the chakras were. I'd been a yoga teacher for a long time. I had never felt my chakras and I felt every single one of my chakras in that experience and could feel where they were. The energy was off and all these things. And that was my call into, oh, wow, plant medicine is the answer to all the things I've been looking for as mm -hmm. I was, you know, throwing up. So it it's different mm -hmm. for everybody, but I, mm -hmm. I highly recommend it. Even having that amount of a response, it changed my life forever. And um, it, again, it's a really nice introduction. If you do a small amount, please don't do a hero's dose. Definitely not recommending that. Uh, but yeah, that's that we work with that. We well, and so you you saw, you talk about like how to calm the nervous system, right? You recommend like fire for mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. people that we have that really are struggling to like drop into meditation or to find just stillness or um, create a small ritual in their life, we actually recommend them start using grape mm -hmm. because it just drops you into your body so fast that mm -hmm. you're just like, you have no choice. Like right. your phone doesn't <laughs> exist, your computer doesn't exist, nothing exists, right? You are, you are forced to be in the body. Now, obviously these people choose to like step into that, um, but it is something that really like, people don't realize, like Megan said, like her chakras, like people don't realize that they're energy bodies and they start working with this and they're like, holy cow, like I had no idea that like 
I don't just live in my head. Like, <laughs> I know that sounds so crazy, but then they're like, wow, my hands, my, my heart, my body. And we're like, uh-huh. Yeah. You're an inter- energy body. Welcome to like your body. Like this is society teaches you to live in your head. And here we go. We're going to break some norms for you with this beautiful mm. plant medicine. Yeah. Awesome. It's yeah. lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I I've, I've heard, I've heard stories. I don't know if you guys know who Troy Casey is the certified health nut. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome dude. Um, he, he was, he told a story about how Rape or Hape, uh, helped him, um, get over, um, toxic mold. He had mold okay. all over his body. He was in a, in a moldy house and it was just killing his health. And, uh, and Hape like totally cleaned him out. Um, yeah. So, so we've got, so we've got mushrooms, um, Hape, um, hosting or facilitating, not sure, not, not curanderoing, but, but, but hosting, um, ayahuasca, uh, ceremonies, um, any other, any other compounds that, that you, that you work with? Um, other than that, it's just herbal based. So we really help people align their health. Uh, Megan is a certified health, uh, holistic nutritionist. So we do, we work a lot with herbs. We work a lot with aligning body because, the stomach makes 90% of the serotonin in the body. And most people think it's made in the brain. So we have a lot of people that come to us and they're just, they're, they're a mess. They don't, they're not sleeping or this and that. And like, they have a laundry list of health issues and then they have a laundry list of pharmaceuticals. And we're like, uh, okay, well let's look at what you're eating. And then Megan steps in and she's able to, by the time, most of the time, the 12 weeks is over, they actually, their bodies are healing. And I think that so many people, they don't realize the power of food mm-hmm. um, and, and they don't think of it as medicine. And that's one reason why I'm bringing it up because yeah, we can sit here and talk about plant medicine and psychedelics, but like, if your body isn't healthy, then yeah, we can sit here and facilitate all day long and we can introduce you to these plant medicines. But at the end of the day, a sick body is a sick mind. You're not going to be able to do the healing work. And mm-hmm. Yes, there's space for it, but it's not going to be profound. You're not going to get the breakthroughs because you're sick and your gut is unbalanced and your brain is imbalanced. And so, you know, working with herbs and foods and supplements, it's um, a big part of our practice. I I love that because you're, you're continuing to reinforce this ancient awareness of food as medicine, you know, in this, in this podcast you know, optimal performance, focus on biohacking, um, you know, uh, personal performance optimization. It's like a lot of these tools are ancient, you know, Ayurvedic, Chinese herbalism, you know, if you knew that you could cure or treat, you know, an infection with oregano oil, like that, that's, that's biohacking that works, you know, and, and we just, we've lost so many of us have just lost that awareness, lost the access to, uh, to reference those foods or tinctures that can, that can help in such a profound way, because we, you know, we're, we're turning to sort of, you know, petroleum based chemicals to, to make us feel good. And, and, and to the earlier point, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a resurgence of, of this ancient wisdom, this ancient knowledge, right? You know, if you knew that you could put oregano oil in your bottom of your feet to cure your kid's fever, like you should try it, you know, um, ashwagandha, you know, I, I could go on and on, but 
it, it's it's an extension in my mind of of performance hacks that bring people back to homeostasis so that they can be what they want to be and and be closer to themselves and you know be the best versions well and i think it's really important that you know, we were talking earlier about the grassroots movement, you know, the, the wave of psychedelics happened in the seventies. Right. But if you actually read about, you bring in this ancient medicine, right. And Ayurveda and Chinese herbalists, they were doing it in the seventies. They were pushing, the hippies were pushing back on big pharma. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I started reading this book and I was, it's called, um, plant, plant healing, plant healing spirits. And this, this woman who wrote it has been, channeling plants her whole life pretty much since she was a child and she talks about in the 70s how they the hippie movement was actually based in pushing back on big pharma and big pharmaceutical companies were actually bringing in herbalists and then they were disappearing they would get all of their herbal based knowledge and then they would disappear because they were synthesizing them. So what we have now in modern pharmaceuticals is synthesized version of the herbalists that were practicing in the 70s that were pushing against big pharma. And I didn't know this until I started reading this book. And I was like, holy cow, it makes total sense that it's in alignment right now with the psychedelic renaissance in the 70s. And like, you know, and we're seeing um, Ayurvedic medicine, like you, it's popping up everywhere but it's been around for a really long time. It's Indian, you know, Indian based health and they treat the whole body. Chinese mm. medicine treats the whole body. Um, and it's, it's just really quite amazing that it's re it's resurfacing. And I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, pharmaceuticals, they're threatened because people are talking and they're waking up to the poison that has been pushed on us and earth has you know mother gaia has given us everything there's a cure out there because we have synthesized it we know there's a there's a cure but now it's going back to those roots of okay what cures what you know mullen mullen's a great example it's a weed it grows everywhere it is huge for removing um dampness out of the lungs pneumonia cold flu mullen is like it's amazing. You can take it as a tincture and it's like your flu and cold are gone or you smoke it and it just dries everything out and you don't need Sudafed. You don't need all of this stuff that you were told and you will feel better. Your body will respond better and you won't be down for days on end. But also it goes into looking at where, where and why is this coming up in the body? You know, Megan has studied new German medicine. I mean, she talks about it's crazy you know, the conflicts in the body. So it's like understanding that your body is a massive, it's communicating with us. It's telling us what is going on in our field and trusting it and not listening to some doctor who thinks they know because they got a fancy degree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the symptom is not the cause and, and we're, we're, we're operating now. Many of us are operating under this treating this treating the symptom paradigm and since the 80s our health overall in the western world has just plummeted right we're fatter we're sicker we're more tired we're less healthy and um and it's not working it's broken you know your doctor takes 6 hours of of nutrition education and their whole doctorate 
and it's like my plate or the food pyramid, which says, yeah, just load up on grains and eat a little fish and you're good. Yeah. Well, obviously I'm, I'm struck by this sort of deconstruction that we're doing here, right? Like we're deconstructing these, these social norms, these things that are given. And of course we're preaching to the choir because anybody who's listening to, to this, to this episode, who's been listening for years is on the bandwagon and, and understand it. And I just want to make an appeal to anyone who's listening right now. If you want to do some research and find some resources for these natural, uh, these natural tools, you have to seek them out. Hundred percent. Find references. Find these tools that will help you before you reach for the Sudafed or the Nyquil. Like to suppress. Like I just did a homeo- homeo- homeopathy episode recently. Um, uh, Jerry Cantor, who wrote a book called Sane Asylums, where they would do homeopathic um, asylums for for the mentally ill, and talked about how. Um, th- there was there's this massive suppression of you know the, the homeopathic remedies and we we know the answer already why did that happen you follow the money you follow you know you follow these systems of of, of greed and, and exploitation keeping people sick to keep them on on uh to keep them making money from people uh from hospitals and surgeries and treatments and drugs and stuff like that and and it's it's up to us to deconstruct it so this i i find this I find this conversation to be really illuminating. You, 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 it looked like you were going to say something to that in response. Well, no, I was just going to say, it's funny because if you've ever listened to somebody who is supposedly psychotic or anything, right? Now go back and listen as an awake human to how much consciousness they're streaming and how awake they are because- <laughs> Usually what happens, right, is they go to like, they go through like a kundalini awakening, but their mind's not awake yet. So their body wakes up and then they start having these streams of consciousness, but they don't have any like logical construction to actually be able to ground that energy. You know, I mean, how many of us, I've had moments and had things happen in ayahuasca ceremonies and on mushrooms that I'm like, what is real? If I didn't have the constructs and the understanding that I do and would have gone down and done that or had a, you know, an awakening in my body of like Kundalini or anything and not had a frame of reference, I would have been one of those babbling psychos in a psych ward. And we're seeing this a lot, right? Like people wake up and they go into psychosis and it's really just, again, it's that masculine energy that we all have to ground that creative life force that's just moved through your chakras essentially mm. yeah uh but i actually when you hear any of that we, well we and we know this well right because our mom actually had a mental breakdown when we were children and i think back to some of the things she was saying when she had her psychotic break that actually freaking made i was like holy shit it makes sense she's now. seeing dimensions she's seeing like at the time I was like, what is happening? Like what? And now I think back and it's, it's wild what she was saying, but it was absolutely, it was, it was, she was seeing, she had, she had broken through the 3d mold and was seeing things in mm-hmm. other planes, but she didn't have the ability to ground, come back, like to ground back from it. And so when we think of mental health and we think of those things, it's like, it makes sense that there was homeopathic remedies and things. Cause if you ground them, if yeah. you bring them back, 
Um, you know, cause I've had things, even meditations where I've gone to places and I couldn't come back. And I, w- I, w- I was sitting on the floor crying of like, I can't, I can't come back. I can't, mm. I physically can't ground. And I had to have a, a healer come over and she's like, you just had so much energy move through your body and you didn't get it all out. Um, cause I was at a guided meditation. So he brought us back really quickly and I wasn't able to synthesize that energy essentially. So, you know, so many people are afraid of psychedelics because of having a psychotic break or going into psychosis and those kinds of things, which, you know, could be valid. But I'm also saying seek a separate opinion because we've had it in our family. <laughs> um, and I have experienced moments of psychosis. Again, I could not ground. I could not come back. And I had an energy healer there that, well, and actually Nicole even we had both one. Did it. We both did it. Like I dropped a, I dropped a crystal on her chest and it was like, boom, she's back in her body. Um, but, you know, we're, we've just been taught all of these fear things about mental health, about psychosis, about all of this stuff. When, you know, I've met people that have seen the 12th dimension with like singing flowers in it. And I, I mean, <laughs> five years ago, I would have thought she was crazy. And now I'm like, I want to see that. How do I do that? You yeah. know? So uh again it's just when when you're thinking of the programming and stuff and a lot of the fear of why people don't because it was one of the reasons why I didn't do psychedelics for a long time I was like oh no that's how you end up in a psych ward people go crazy on those things and kill people and that's the opposite of what they do uh 100 I've never felt more love and light in my life than uh either in meditation or on mushrooms and ayahuasca but it's it's just wild the programming that is actually one of it's there's such a positive energy to it when you understand it versus something that they made us so afraid of yeah so that's all I wanted to say was just it makes sense that there's homeopathic remedies and they're probably not even they're probably quite simple oh yeah yeah a little bit of salt a little bit of salt everything is simple yeah yeah but it's also you know you look back 50 years ago you know we now know that Nixon was going to get into office no matter what he had to do. And his war was on drugs and war. I mean, he wanted war and he wanted control and everything was propaganda around that. He, They were gonna tell anybody and everything because they wanted to affiliate drugs with going crazy, with all of these things, because they saw the money. They knew what they were doing. This is not, and if people that are listening to your show haven't done the research on Nixon and the psychedelic movement, it's wild because the information that has come out now on it, you know, they didn't test these drugs thoroughly. They had no idea what was, and I don't even want to call them drugs because that's what they were labeled then. Like these are conscious plants that are can change your life if you let them and you let go of the programming and the matrix and everything you were told and just slightly think for yourself do your research like you said you know whether it's homeopathic or whatever look it's out there all of the information is out there we're in the age of technology of information and it's it's there if you're willing to it, and it's tough for a lot of people because they just don't have the they 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 don't create the energy to do that research. Like people are tired, they're overstressed, they're 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 watching too much TV. They don't they don't make I'm say you know I could say in one breath they don't have the energy to do the right. research and apply time and focus to that stuff. 
Um, but really it's, you create the energy for yourself. And so if you're not reading the inserts on the jabs you're getting in your arm, if you're not reading the side effects of this drug or that drug, if you're not looking underneath the narratives that you're being fed, then you're just going to be part of somebody else's plan. Right. I think it's a, uh, Terrence McKenna quote. Like if you don't, if, if you don't make a plan for yourself, you'll be part of someone else's that's paraphrased, but it, it, it's totally true. And, and, and at the heart of what I'm doing here and having these conversations is how can I help people elevate their consciousness and elevate their vibration and their vitality so that they can have the brain power and the energy to look underneath the surface on things and so that they can see through the veil and all the smoke and mirrors that all of us get caught up in so that they can be live more purposeful lives. And that's a simplification of everything, but that that's, that's at the core of what we're doing here and sort of piggybacking off of that, this idea, like, what is this, what is optimization for, right? What, what is biohacking for? Okay. So I've got, you know, an aura ring to track my sleep. I've got, you know, devices to change my mood, like the Apollo neuro device changes my mood. Well, that's great. But what is it for? Where does it go? And I just keep coming back to this is in psychedelics are, are, are the same thing is the, the reason for all of this biohacking and all of this personal optimization is is the downstream of that is greater spiritual awareness, greater purpose, greater mission in your life, like elevated consciousness, third eye awakening. And if you're and if you're if you're vibrating at a really low level and you're sick and you're inflamed and you're tired and you're cranky and you're spending two hours on TikTok every day, like that that's going to that's going to make it really hard for you to feel whole and strong and powerful in your own you know in your own lane i want to go i want to introduce kind of another little idea here which is you know i working with psychedelics is often sort of presented and a lot of the research is is focused on like ptsd and trauma right what i think is not highlighted enough is like creative reverie and consciousness expansion and and I get it, like all of these ketamine clinics, and I've done n- numerous episodes on on ketamine, and it's you know, and, and the focus is like it's disassociative, so it's helping you, um, uh, sort of get over yourself a little bit, get a little break, press the press the reset button, and all that's great for you know MDMA assisted psychotherapy for PSD, PTSD, etc. But what are your thoughts on not just processing trauma or facing yourself, but also like exploring and growing rather than looking in the rear view mirror about why you are the way you are using ceremonies in, in different forms to think forward into your life, to create something forward. And then I, I, I don't know if, I don't know if you guys have, have thoughts on that. Well, and I think it's, you know, that tapping into that creative thing, like I come from, you know, I went to school to be a graphic designer and I remember hitting like artist walls. Like I was so stuck into like what I used to produce that I couldn't move forward. Like I would, I would like, I felt like I was like hitting my head against the wall sometimes because it was so stuck in the past. And, you know, when you're working in these plants, moving forward is huge because you're breaking old habits. The past is done. Like if you're still living in the past, you're probably full of depression, anxiety. You don't know your purpose. You probably are stuck on TikTok two hours a day because you're constantly like back here, which 
there's nothing wrong with being back there in certain points when you're having to process trauma, because yes, trauma does live in past experiences, right? But if we frame it in the sense of we have this present moment right here, right now, what are we going to do with it? We remove all of that trauma in that little window of time, right? And when we're using psilocybin, mainly because that's what we work in, you're taking a very small dose and you're allowing that DMN to quiet in the frontal lobe and where the ego lives, where the self lives. And you're able to take a step into that now future self, right? You're able to create self without ego and programming telling you how it's going to be or how it should be. You are the creator of your next step. And I think it's so important in like when we talk to people that live in so far in the past is that they don't feel like they have any power in the present moment because the past rules their life. Mm. It's a constant, they're in a constant emotional, I mean, it's, it's emotional trauma, it's PTSD. And they don't even realize that they have choice to have feelings right here, right now. Mm. And it's, it's that creation. It's that ceremony of just stepping one foot in front of the other and that you are the creator of your destiny. And there's so much truth in that. Mm. Yeah. Well, and I also think it just, it really helps with you to look at the future and actually see how illuminated it can be, right? How, how much potential there is in the field because when people have a really screwed up past, right? They're they're not even seeing their own capacity. And when, you know, you you have these things that assist you in actually seeing reality for what it is and realizing that it's your own framing that holds you in in whatever box you're in, right? That we there's actually not boxes, that those boxes are either made by our parents or society or whatever it it uh it allows you to go into creative energy and creation energy is actually the antidote to hedonism or addiction or any of these things right because it's actually the most creative people that you see be very addicted to things mm. because there's so much potential in their fields that they vibrate on a whole different level and it's like they almost have to quiet that energy and you know to be able to even look to the future and to see how bright it can be is such a gift. And to see like, I mean, I've laughed so hard, I've cried. And then all of a sudden I'm crying. And it's like, oh my gosh, grief and joy or like, it, they're so similar, right? Like grief is just unexpressed love. You start to see things totally different and it changes how you even see the future. And it's made we realize we're capable of anything that we set our minds to because we are just energy we're matter right slowest form of energy thought is the fastest form of energy and realizing that if those are in sync and that if i'm in sync with those and i'm energetically intertwined the universe has no choice but to give me that which i desire mm. that which i'm manifesting because i am it it is no longer separate from me so i you stop using the words like want or hope it's love faith like you know how the universe works and you know that you're one with it and that changes the entire construct of future present even past because we you actually realize that you're co-collaborating with the universe every day every second and you want to choose better thoughts when you know that you you want to be 
the light at the end of the tunnel, the embodiment for other people to step into their light because you realize that it's all a collaboration. There is no competition. There is no negative energy unless you allow it to be there. And that in itself, the knowledge of that shifts everybody's creative energy and everybody's future because you realize it's in the making and it comes through me into my experience. So what I make my field and what I make my thoughts are my future. And that can, that's limitless potential. Well, and I think that's super important that you talked about that. And I think it's important to mention because so many people, I hear it over and over again, how do I manifest money? That's how you manifest money because that's everyone comes to us. How do I manifest money? How do you like how? And it's like, get in alignment get out of the back, get out of the past, get out of your head, get right here. Let's do this. You are energy, create it because you can create anything. And I know people have come to us like, oh, that's crazy. And we say, start with something small. Start with, I want to manifest a strawberry and let it go. And then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, I did it. And like, there's mm-hmm. a strawberry on your plate, you know, and it, it may not come to you the way you think it, it never comes to you the way you think it's going to be. But if you, if you stay in alignment, you stay in that present, you stay in those positive thoughts, it will happen. And it's, it's so amazing because we see 1% of our reality, the 99%, we have no idea. We can't see it. It's not, it's not even fallible to our eyes and our brain, but that's where you create anything and everything. If you just trust the 99% and you tell that 1% what you want, it will happen. Mm. It's 99% guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> what are some resources? Because for the people that are listening to this, shaking their head, vibing with it, what are some what are some resources that you could maybe point people to who want to take this a little bit deeper? Because it's one thing to present these ideas that you obviously have integrated into your practice and into your life and 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 myself as well. And and I, you know, I could I could rattle off 10 books that I think are are relevant to sort of this line of thinking. But I, I want to know what 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 the two of you know. What sort of resources, what sort of teachers, both contemporary or ancient, do you think would be useful for people who are who who want to tap into this stuff? Let's All right. See. So, so Dr. Joe Dispenza, Becoming Supernatural, Supernatural. Yeah, great book. Well, any of his books. Yes. Wayne Dyer, Change Your Thought, Change Your Change Your Thinking, Change Your Thoughts. Yeah. I, I think mean, it's the name of his book. Yeah. Taoist. He breaks down the Taoists. Well, no, I was going to say Taoist oh. philosophy is um, beware of your thoughts for your thoughts become habits. Beware of your habits for your habits become character. Be Where for your character, for your character becomes your destiny in all things, including relationships and at the hospital. Um, So any kind of Taoist philosophy, you know, yin and yang, um, the enema, the enemas, which is Latin for masculine and feminine. Uh, Dr. Pat Allen. Dr. Pat Allen. She's um, studied Carl Jung. She's like in her, she's almost 100. She's 90. She's amazing. <laughs> but she's, she studied Carl Jung and Eastern philosophy. And she's like the grandmother of understanding because she was, she was in it, right? She understood where court where courtship took a left turn and went into hookup culture. It's actually her seminar I was listening to earlier on all the statistics on how much that has broken up society um, and devastated families and devastated feminine energy and masculine energy for that matter. But anyway, 
she's great. She doesn't follow social norms. In fact, she says, I challenge everything that society is going to tell you is correct. But if you want to be happy and you want to be healthy, uh, these are, this is what I've seen actually <laughs> heal people. She's great. Um, so her philosophies are, you know, if you hear of a certain mindset, which I don't think any of your listeners are, I wouldn't recommend her, but uh, you know, she was awake before awake was a thing. So also who else was one of our um, mentors? I would say you um, cultivating, there's, there's two books. Um, it's cultivating sexual, cultivating and healing sexual energy. Um, her name is Marlon. Oh, I'm going to butcher it. Hold on. Let me look it up here. Uh, do, 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 do. Another really good person to follow on Instagram is Shervin. Um, and his name is spelled C-H-E-V-R-I-N. Three, three, three. Um, three, three, three. And he's divine masculine energy for sure. But he also owns a company called Symbiotica. And he has the best supplements that I've ever tried. And the purest form of like she Gillette, which is counteracts all the endocrine blockers and all of that stuff um, that I make all of our clients take. Um, so the book is, she has written several of them. It's Healing Love Through the Tao. There's Cultivating Sexual Energy, um, Healing, and there's Masculine and Feminine in that. Great books. Um, it's by Mantok Chia. Uh, she has written tons of book on Taoist philosophy of masculine and feminine energy, how to cultivate them in relationships, how to use it to heal yourself. Um, it's very ancient knowledge in the realms of masculine and feminine. And then another great book, um, if you really want to dig deep into looking at the history of society and how we've really come to be, Sex, Time, and Power um, is one of, it, it's, it takes you back, way back from the very beginning of Adam and Eve into what we are now and how society has changed. Talks about obviously sex, time, and power, but it also talks about everything from diets, from it's everything kind of what we talked about. Why today. you shouldn't be vegan, especially if you're a female, because <laughs> you're going to get anemia and die. And it's a, it's, it's, it's our psycho government trying to control food, but women, please don't be vegan. Um, your iron levels will plummet. You will become anemic. You won't be able to get pregnant. It's so bad. Actually, men can be vegan and have no health issues. But you see more women be vegan, they get anemia and they get very, very sick, their hair starts falling out, but it's iron deficiencies. We lose iron, men don't. Um, we have to have it replenished. You can't do that with um, plants because plants have iron, but it's in chlorophyll. We cannot absorb chlorophyll. We have to absorb iron through, um, through animal products. So, you know, that whole vegan movement, please, please at least eat eggs. Eggs have iron in them or dairy or something. Mm -hmm. um, Take care of yourself because that is such a pet peeve of mine. I work with women all the time that can't get pregnant. And I'm like, you're vegan. That's why you, you need fats. You need iron. Like your baby, your body can't support a baby. Yeah, of course. If your nervous system is anxious and your body's not fed, it's not going to get pregnant because it's afraid it's going to die. You also have to understand that IVF isn't the answer. You have to look at like what's going on in your body. So back to um, looking for yourself <laughs> yeah or yeah. don't listen to big media and you know follow the money there again i i used to be a private flight attendant i flew for pfizer i know the cfos and all of the people that are on the board there and they're not nice people 
and they make a lot of money. They have three G650s sitting in Morristown, New Jersey, and uh, they don't vaccinate their children. They don't vaccinate their children. Fun <laughs> fact. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad uh, you said that. They do not vaccinate their children. Yeah. And probably all of them that claim to get vaccines, it was all just saline. Yeah, saline solution in yeah. the needle. These people know, and that was one of the things where I started questioning everything was, what the F? These people are sitting here talking about how stupid people are and how much money they make. And they're doing it off of your stupidity because mm. we don't take time to educate ourselves. We just listen to celebrities or Joe Schmo. Um and I actually, that wasn't a reference to the president, but that's actually really funny. Joshua. <laughs> great name for him. Um, anyway, <laughs> I know, I think he's very it, mentally ill, but. Um, in, in my experience, when I, when I have, and, and sometimes it's podcast guests and, um, you know, occasionally it's, it's new strangers. I don't, I don't share this that frequently, but y- you can tell exactly how, where you, how cuckoo someone thinks you are when you tell them that your children have zero vaccines in their body. Like they're pure blood. They're pure blood. They're not mud bloods like the rest Love of them. that. Zero. My nine and six year old have never received a single vaccine in their entire life. And is when you That's when you say either. that to someone, people just go They haven't died they, yet. They don't know what to do. <laughs> they don't yeah, you believe like, that we have immune systems for a reason. Yeah. It's true. Like, when it's, did we stop when did we stop trusting Evolu- I mean, there's 7 billion people on the planet. I think we're doing fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, like vaccines don't, they're not even But real. it's a system. We're going to see it and we're seeing it already. You know, like we're watching, I, I have been watching particularly in California, they're trying to implement all these like laws around children Yeah. and moms. I'm like, watch out. You want to see some shit go down. You piss off a bunch of moms. You've heard the term mama bear that will happen to you like that you be careful because when you start messing with children and you get enough moms oh i'm i'm just gonna watch this game because it is not gonna be pretty it's not they're they'll just pull their kids out and say tough luck have fun you don't get my tax dollars or my children yeah then what, what, are, what are they gonna do then they yeah. want to control but yeah, yeah. we don't have kids yet but we're like yeah. um when either of us has a baby i will not vaccinate it at all probably won't even have the there kid in be... hospital no <laughs> well and it was funny right during during covid sids dropped, dropped to zero why mm-hmm. because babies weren't being vaccinated vaccines are killing babies and people are just not even looking at the data or the research right our parents vaccinated us but um yeah you know, I, you have like I, when I when I flew for Pfizer and then realized they don't I never got another vaccine again. I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. And then I started reading about all vaccines. Yeah, <laughs> like the polio I, vaccine I, it was actually like the DuPont brothers that were poisoning the water, getting everybody sick, and it wasn't actually polio. But Rockefeller's made a bunch they, of money. I think you're crazy when you talk about polio. Well, <laughs> but you want to hear something crazy? They pull they're pulling the information off the internet. Yep. Yeah. The things that I, the articles I used to be able to find on polio and stuff like that, they're pulling the articles off the internet and yeah. you know, the fact checkers and stuff, it's, it's getting really wild, uh, out there, but yeah, yeah. I, I want to, I want to just drop, drop in a couple of resources that where people can go to find, um, this sort of information and, 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 and I'll sort of preface this by saying it's all about informed consent. You know, the Nuremberg codes stipulated <laughs> that, 
We should be able to make our own informed consent. You should know what's in it. You should know what the risks are. Everybody make your own choices. Do whatever you think is right, but do it with informed consent. And so anybody who's listening now, if if, if you disagree and this was just way too off the the map for you and you're listening, but you decided to stick around to see where I'll, where this conversation would continue, <laughs> I say do do what you feel is right. And do it with informed consent. Make sure you know. Make sure you know what you're putting in your body. And if you want to learn more, and if you want to have some resources, you know whether it's polio or you know the fact that the CDC got successfully sued by uh, Informed Consent Action Network and Dell Bigtree, they took down. So they had on their website the CDC, CDC had on their website vaccines do not cause autism, and they got sued by Dell Bigtree and the Informed Consent Action Network successfully, and they cornered the lead investigator for vaccine safety trials, which is a red herring because there aren't any. And they cornered her and said, listen, can you point us? Like, can you maybe point us to a study that that, that supports this claim? And they couldn't, and they won the case, and so they took that off the website. So I would appoint you to Children's Health Defense, Informed Consent Action Network, Green Med Info, SARG, and, and there's just so many resources. But again, you have to have the energy to do that research. If, if your health is important to you and your vitality is important to you, do the research. Make your own choices. Like if you want to eat Doritos and, and drink Diet Coke every day, cool. Like I'm not telling you what to do, but if you if you are interested in looking below the surface and what what we're being spoon fed day after day, you got to look in the right places. Um, what, well, what, yeah. Well, I think it's also super important. Like if you're being triggered by this, that's your soul saying something like, mm-hmm. you know, deep down that we, something resonated with you. Like, I love when someone's like, I'm triggered. Okay. That's great. I'm glad I triggered you. Now you can learn, like take okay. the opportunity to look at it because it's so important not just for you, but for the overall well-being of humanity. Like we yep. need you to step into that. We need you to understand that that trigger is you, your deeper self saying, I need help. I, I, I seek this. And so put the phone down or pick the phone up and look at these websites. Like yeah. dig, dig. Yeah. And it goes back to the very early part of this, this conversation in which these are just ideas, right? We're talking here. And, and this, we have this first event, first amendment thing that protects our ability to have these conversations and the best ideas will bubble up to the surface, but we have to keep talking about it. We can't, we can't cower. We can't hide. We have to, we have to talk about this stuff openly and with continued and deepening conversations around this stuff stuff that's hard to find on the internet, stuff that's provocative, stuff that goes way against the grain and the narrative and what your best friend says and what your auntie who's a nurse says. You just have to you have to buckle up and do the research and make your own choices for you and your family. What's the big vision for Zenchronicity? While you ask that and I pause because I'm like, I have so we have so many ambitions. <laughs> it's wide. Um uh, definitely challenging big pharma and what people think of it, uh, but also just giving people another option. And, you know, cause it's been so straight linear for so long, right? Well, you go to therapy or you go to a psychiatrist, it's, it's offering 
another way of looking at things because obviously what we've been doing is not working or we wouldn't be in the mental health crisis that we're in, but we currently focus on mental health because I think we think it's such a big crisis um, right now. So many people are hopeless. So many people are, you know, feeling lost and we have a different way of doing things at Synchronicity. Obviously, like there's not very many people that are willing to say what we say publicly, but it's because we believe so deeply in the soul and the you know mind body and soul union and coming back into that but we're also going to start challenging um western medicine with actually being able to um you know put things together and give people herbs and things like that to be able to heal ailments instead of you know with the consciousness of the mushrooms and things like that in it um so that it's it, you're you're seeing just how miraculous the the consciousness of mushrooms are, and um, you know the sky's the limit. We're going to be working with children. We're working with the masculine. We're working with the feminine. Uh, you know, a different way of doing things. You know, don't you don't have to go to college to to do something. You know, bringing back internships and bringing back coaches that work. You know, we have an entire coaching program coming out next year of what we do and teaching other people that, you know, if you're called to coaching and you align with who we are and what we do, we'll teach you how to do it. And then you get to go change the world the way that you see it. And you have the fundamental. So there's a lot of things in the works. Um, <laughs> our company is, it, yeah, there's going to be several companies off of it for sure. Uh, we're still, you know, brainstorming about all of that and it'll probably shift and change as we grow and change, but it's just challenging the way that we've been taught to think essentially. And yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like the last line of our mission statement that's on our website is discovering the authentic self you're born to be. I think so few even know what self purpose they don't know. And that's, you know, our mission is to we have found ours. So our mission is to lend a hand back and help the person behind us because mm. that's the only way that humanity continues to move forward and and humanity continues to open consciousness and to step in because we have been pinned up against each other and that's not how we survive. We survive by unifying. We survive by coming together we survive by becoming one and that's what we start with self and wholeness and then we become whole with someone else and we mm. bring in a community because that's what changes the world mm. that's find, what creates healing find the others find the others love that i absolutely right you know and, and, and i i've said this a, a number of times that you only need to be a little bit further down the path in order to help somebody you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have mastery. You don't need to be, you know, an ascended master in order to help somebody like grow. You just need to know, be a little bit further down the trail than them and, and say, Hey, I've got some, I made some mistakes back here. Think about this. Did you think about that? So I, I love, I love that that's part of your mission is to help empower others on that same path. Um, we just leave breadcrumbs. Yeah. Come on, let's go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> This has been such an incredible conversation. I mean, I to be honest, I I didn't expect it to go the way that it did. We went 
hot and heavy right from the jump and uh and didn't slow down for a second i feel like we are you know we are part of the same tribe we obviously speak the same language and 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 are aligned in so many different things this is such a such a refreshing conversation um before we wrap and i ask the last question which i ask each one of my guests uh, which is a fill in the blank question uh where can people go to learn more yes so Instagram is synchronicity underscore sisters. That is all of the things. We have another Instagram that's synchronicity222. That's just business. We talk about retreats. We talk about yoga. We talk about anything that's in business. Nothing else is on there. Then our website is www.zenchronicity222.com. We have a group program coming up starting February 13th. It is our one-on-one program, but in a group community. So we don't deep dive as deep, but it's great for people that want to get their feet wet. They're kind of questioning this. They don't really know. Uh, They're kind of of wishy-washy on it, but it's a great place to start. Um, like I said, that starts February 13th. We are still um, taking people for that. That is not application-based. We have a one-on-one coaching program that we dive deep and we dive fast. That is um, by application. You can apply on the website under apply now. <clears throat> and if they put under the application where they heard from us, we will honor the $2,000 off that program um, for mentioning you we will send them directly all the information. It will already be included, but they have to mention the podcast. If not, it's not, we cannot honor it. And I think that's all of them. That's it. That's all. Busy, busy ladies over there. (laughs) Awesome. So I'll ask this, this last fill in the blank question, then we'll, we'll take it home. And, and this can be based on whatever. I mean, obviously you, you, I love how, many different areas the two of you are are studied in and practiced in and focused on. So I'm, I'm going to be interested to hear your response. And, and I, I invite both of you to answer this individually for yourself, all this preamble. It's a fill in the blank question. It can be just based on anything and you can elaborate as much or as little as you wish, but fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing Um, everyone would benefit from knowing that your thoughts create your reality and you do in fact have control over your thoughts and how they're interacting with your day-to-day life. It's called TFAR, your thoughts become feelings, your feelings become actions, your actions result in your life. And for those of you, like all of us that have negative thoughts, um, you know, it's the power you put behind them and the feelings and the emotions that actually cause them to interact with the universe. So when you're feeling something negative, think of your dog or your child or something that you love and put yourself back into the positive and realize that both positive and negative are a choice, but that choice comes down to what you choose to put your emotions behind and to just start with positive thinking if you don't know where else to start because it will change your entire life and your outlook and your future in doing so. And I will say everybody will benefit from knowing that the media is one of the most toxic things you can observe and to take in and that it is it is everything that you don't don't realize and they can sit there and tell you all of these things 
But in reality, when you don't seek for yourself, you're just a puppy, a puppet, you're just a sheep. And it's so important that you step out of the box and you think for yourself because you have been programmed to not think for yourself. And it's very freeing on the other side. Mm. This has been such an incredible conversation. I, I, I can't tell you how grateful I am for the vibe, the wisdom, the energy, the conviction, the knowledge. Just I'm, I'm so thankful for, for your time today. And I can't wait to come onto your podcast and do it again. But thank you for joining me today, Megan and Cole, on uh, the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, John.